<laughs> what, what you... Oh my god, yeah, I forgot. Correct? I was waiting. Okay, wait, 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 start again. I was totally forgot what I just said that I was going okay. to the show. All right, wait, start again. Okay. Yeah, no, just, we'll just keep it. I'll edit it out. So whenever you're ready. Sometimes you say you're going to edit it out and then you leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I'll, I'll definitely edit this out. Okay, okay, I'm starting. Hello, listeners. You're listening to Beckett's Babies. Welcome to another episode. I'm Sam Collier. And I'm Sarah Cho. And we have a great topic for this show that it seems like a lot of people want to talk about based on our feedback. And it's about topics, Q&As, those post-show discussions, Mm -hmm. post-show discussions. And we're just going to talk about the different approaches kind of the structures of them, what we like about them, what we don't like about them. Yeah. So what are your initial feelings about talkbacks? Well, I I think sometimes I love them and sometimes I think they're useless and um, mm-hmm. maybe even <laughs> leave me with a worse feeling than if I had just walked away from the play. I mean, mm-hmm. as an audience member. Mm-hmm. Um and as a playwright, I'm, I sometimes find them incredibly helpful and other times I find them more like about either feeling really good about my play or um, connecting with the audience or sometimes feeling like I'm, I haven't really gained anything at all. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't have like a quick answer for you. I think it really, really depends. How about you? Yeah. I think anytime you put yourself out there in the world, you put your work out there, um, it is personal. And so I'm always like on the edge of my seat um, to get those feedback because I'm just like, what do you all really think about me? Do you all, do you all think you <laughs> Uh, think not about weird. you about your play I know but if because <laughs> sometimes are one and the same you know yeah, and I know so, and the feeling of that. Feel that way um but yeah I've, yeah you know been to talkbacks as the person you know who wrote something and um I've been there as an audience member um I have yet to moderate so you know that's maybe maybe in the cards for me someday I think you'd be a good moderator. I don't think so. Um, (laughs) I do. Okay. So let's talk about, um, yeah, what are they really for, I guess? Or the structure. Let's start with the structures. Different structures they can take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so the one that first comes to mind for me is um, where – you know, you've just seen a play or you've just finished a play, a few of the actors and the playwright, if they're there, come out on stage and a moderator um, or facilitator takes questions from the audience that the artist on stage can answer. That's the one I've seen most commonly. But I think they can take lots of different forms. And part of what I think we should talk about today is what are some other possibilities that maybe aren't being used as much as they could be. So what other structures are out there that you know about, Sarah? 
yeah like a large panel including everyone like the designers yeah and um depending you know what the show Mm -hmm. who the show involved kind of getting everyone on stage which is kind of could be a lot because maybe not everyone will get to say something in such a short amount of time Mm -hmm. um but I feel like that was a good way of everyone kind of having a voice and an opinion and and I like that opportunity where I'm like maybe you know questions that an audience might have will be answered anyways so then we're like oh, right the design person is there I had a question about that moment when that star fell down on her how did they do that um so like and that. when you say panel are you thinking um that the facilitator would begin by asking some questions to the artists before opening it up to questions from the audience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I like that approach. Cause I think it set, can set the tone mm-hmm. um, for the audience. Mm-hmm. And I always think that before this, that's something I feel like a lot of people might forget or not know or aware of, but before you go on that Q&A or the post-show discussion, you have complete control of how you want it to be. You could say, like, I just want to do a 25-minute discussion, five-minute Q&A. Like, mm-hmm. like, you I mean you as the playwright? Are you as a playwright, the uh, the guest, mm-hmm. the, with the moderator. Like, you can work it out and have a complete control of it. Um, like, the audience will Ideally. Know. Ideally. That's what it should be. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. Um, I agree. Mm-hmm. What about, have you ever seen any other formats where people take a different approach or maybe a more structured approach? Like one of the things I'm wondering about is whether there's a way to just make talkbacks work better and be more useful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the structure can help with that. Yeah. One, and I think we'll talk about it more, uh, is really having a good moderator. I think yeah. that is a really the key. Oh, a moderator that is informed of the work of the artist, yeah. of how to articulate those ideas. Um, I personally don't like moderators that the entire time they're just fangirling the entire time. <laughs> you know, they're just like, oh, I love that. You know, you did this, you did this. I love that. I love that. And I'm like, you're not really saying anything critical here. And these post show, I want to be able to digest what I just saw, what I um, just mm-hmm. heard. And I just kind of want to like, would just love to know how it all came about. Like, I think that's sort of like, I kind of love a little story behind all of this, you know, what came about, how it came about. And a moderator that's able to take that and just, and moves the conversation forward. Cause sometimes I feel like moderators also the good ones could read the room too. Yeah. Um, and they're like, okay, like this type of guest, you know, they quickly finish their sentence, pause. <laughs> and then, the, and then cycle. So, so as a moderator, I should be able to pick up the conversation and keep the conversation going and engaged with the audience. Um, yeah. It's a tough yeah. job. Cause I mm-hmm. think you're right. They have to be able to read the room. They have to be able to move the conversation forward, know when to, um, stop a digression and when to let it develop organically they have Mm -hmm. to be aware of what's going on for the artists in the room and and for 
people in the audience who are speaking and people in the audience who aren't speaking. And I think it's just like, it's really a, a tough job. And also I think, um, one of the most important things for talkback is not to let it go on too long. Mm -hmm. Like I think probably 15 minutes is a good length. I recently, I went to a talkback that was almost an hour and it it was just, it was too much, you know, it was just, um, I think there's a expiration date on. Mm-hmm. I want to say no expiration more minute on good conversation. Yeah, no. I honestly, I think no more than. I think personally, thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, absolute max. Yeah, that feels long. Yeah, that feels long. Um, but if it's a good conversation and people are really engaged, mm-hmm. I think I could see thirty minutes working well. Yeah, another thing too about moderators—they're good with time. Yeah, what you said. So yeah. they're like, they're like, okay, like I asked three questions here. We're at. 50, 20 minutes, 22 minute mark. I should ask the last question and then be done. Like they're mm-hmm. just a lot aware. So a lot of this different structures and different approaches, um, pros and cons comes from the question of who are they really for or what are they for? Mm-hmm. So the approach that people take probably depends on what they're hoping to get out of it. And maybe we should make a distinction between a, a talkback for a very new play that is intended to help the playwright further develop the play versus a talkback for a play that um, is, mo- is like further along in its development or is, has started to kind of um, congeal, for, back of a letter, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. That, it, that the talkback is not designed to develop the play, but rather to help the audience process what they've just seen. And I think those are two really different purposes. Mm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, do you think, so if we're, if we're talking about a talkback for the playwright to develop the play mm-hmm. or the artistic team more broadly, mm-hmm. what do you think is important to have in that kind of a conversation? Yeah, I think the ones I've participated in or as an audience member is when I feel like that playwright has specific questions, like what they want to know about the play or that the audience, you know, they, Mm -hmm. because if it's still developing, I just feel like, and depending how long you've been working at it, that at that point, questions were or were not answered during the show and then whatever mm-hmm. that was not answered based on you know how the audience is reacting to the show that's those are the questions I think to have and like be able to facilitate because the audience doesn't know you like they don't, they don't know what you need <laughs> I think right like, you know so it's kind of like like what is the best use of your time and their time in that moment when so if the, the, I guess if it's so early in the process of the play or wherever in the development of the play is. So what's an ideal question that you think when you're a playwright who has a new play and you want to get some helpful feedback out of an audience, Mm -hmm. what kind of questions do you like to ask? I think. Or what kind of questions do you like the moderator to ask on your behalf? Oh, my behalf. Yeah. I think, well, the, based on, the conversation we had before or during with 
the moderator. And I feel like the moderators mm-hmm. I've had or I've seen were dramaturgs too. So they're pretty mm-hmm. well informed with the play. Um, yeah. I think it's questions specific to the story, I think, with like, you know, what mm-hmm. what is it about? Were there any confusion about any relationships with the characters or in the story? Um, any moments that felt like uh, there were um, the continuity problems or something? Like, I think just like anything uh, specific to the play's writing. In that mm-hmm. sense. Like, I don't think it'll be helpful if like that actor was so good at performing that. Oh, like, <laughs> like mm, okay. Like, can, can you look past that for just a second and then? Uh, <laughs> Actors, we love you. Yeah, you're all good at performing. Right. No, the, and it's being yeah. So it's sort of setting the tone of like the purpose of this discussion is for X Y Z getting the most out of that. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I really like is when a moderator asks to open up a post-show discussion if they say, um, if they ask the audience to just throw out popcorn-style words or images that will stick with them. Because mm. um, I think I find that's a good way of kind of opening up the discussion mm-hmm. in a positive way before people start to think critically. Right. Um, to, to just have this kind of blossoming of words. Well, and then there are talkbacks um, where it's really more about the audience talking to each other and processing what they've just seen and heard, Mm -hmm. which I think this kind of talkback occurs when it's, when the playwright is not there, although maybe the actors or creative team might be part of the conversation, but it's more for the community to kind of, um, take the next step of the conversation so Mm -hmm. so like how do you think that kind of conversation should begin how yeah or what what kinds of questions are good for that kind of conversation oh that is really hard because sometimes I feel like when uh just the way the stage is set up you have like the moderator right in front of you the audience is here and then we're like, mm-hmm. it's us against them or feel. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, that's how mm-hmm. I think that's hard. But I do know like later on in the conversation when it feels, um, I feel like that amongst the audience having a discussion, I don't know how, but it happens organically almost when, mm-hmm. when certain people in the group in the audience feels the same way. And they're like, yeah, they're like tag on to that. Like I feel like blah, blah, blah. And then you're sort of, having that conversation. Um, yeah. And so the questions are, I think the question might have to be like a little more open-ended too. Yeah. To allow that to happen and make it free form. And maybe also the Margaret has this like, yeah, feel free to chime in and feel free to like say what you think, you know, just like mm-hmm. um, to have that permission. Like what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can have a, a really different kind of conversation if, Frankly, the playwright's not in the room because then you're not worried about injuring the delicate mm-hmm. sensibilities of yeah. the writer. <laughs> right. You know what um, I would love to do is like hide behind the audience, 
hear them all talk <laughs> the last five minutes. And here comes oh Sarah. God. I'm like, I heard you all. I heard you. Oh my I God. heard you. <laughs> oh Psych. <laughs> You're all wrong. And then like throw a chair. <laughs> no. You should try that sometime. I should try it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, in an upcoming episode, Sarah Cho will tell you all how that went. Yeah, I will. So... Well, we asked some of our listeners and followers Mm -hmm. to tell us how they feel about talkbacks. What are some of the responses we got, Sarah? Holy cow. You are all (laughs) so sassy. (laughs) Man, you guys are so funny. I just like could not believe the feedback we got. I love them all. Um, But it seems like – and someone pointed out how – and then how it just seems like overall no one really likes them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was kind of across the board, people saying how much they don't like them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them did find them irritating, dumb, <laughs> annoying, um, scary. scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the plague. Yeah. I don't know. Cause in my experience, audiences really love them and playwrights um treat them like this um dangerous but necessary part of putting up a new play. Mm-hmm. And and that just seems so sad to me. I, I just think we've got to be able to find a way if if we're talking about the kind of talkbacks that are really for the artist mm-hmm. or for the playwright mm-hmm. to keep developing their play, there's got to be a way, or even the second kind where we're talking about, you know, something that's useful for the community, there's got to be a way to help to design them better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that they're not so frightening and upsetting to playwrights. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have been burned by really poorly mm-hmm. planned or poorly executed talkbacks. This isn't a talkback, but I was I'm now remembering one for a play I did after its reading. Uh, there were comments cards at the end. And then so people could write oh. down what they were thought, like a few two to three sentence, a few minutes afterwards. Um, but they're not really helpful either because a lot of them were like, it was great. <laughs> Uh, that was funny. Uh, hmm. um, like very and was there a specific question to answer? No, just write down, just write down your thought. There's no specific questions. But even if I feel like there were specific questions, I don't want to feel like a like it's some test, like a quiz or something. You know, like <laughs> I, I don't want them to like, mm. oh, what is this like one page thing I have to do, or like this little cue cards or something. Homework. homework I have to do after. You know, I drove all the way out here for the the refreshments. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's but I idea. like that idea. I mean, I think that could work really well if you design it in a way yeah. that makes it feel not like a chore. Yeah, maybe there are audience members in the moment they can't, they don't know what to say, but they maybe they just need a few minutes to collect their thoughts and write a few down, and then just have it with them. Mm-hmm. So when it opens up, they could sort of say those things that they just wrote that they were able to digest Mm -hmm. a bit 
Um, yeah. What are some of the things that you think make talkbacks bad oh that make people goodness. hate them so much that have caused all these negative reactions from our listeners? When, and I don't know how, but sometimes when the audience goes up and it makes it about them, they're just, yeah. They were like, I've been to talkback, and this is not like plays in general, but just uh, not plays or theater and developing or anything. This is just like, you know, I went to a movie screening or I went to um festival or something and there's like a talkback and the mm. audience just goes up like, oh, I don't know if you remember me, but <laughs> I went to school with your father. <laughs> you know, it was like, what? It's mm-hmm. just random things. And I'm like, had nothing to do with the show, nothing to do with the artist or anything it's just about them and you could tell in the room everyone just cringing you're like oh this is so weird this is so embarrassing mm-hmm. i feel so embarrassed for you <laughs> and then you just feel it in the room and also you could tell well the yeah audience i think being like oh, go ahead. you could tell the audience are just like shut up <laughs> shut up right and it becomes everyone's like then you start just feeling of everyone's against each other then the artist is it's up to them to make it like you know it's like it their responsibility becomes on their shoulders they're like all right this is cool with me we're good here let's you know move forward you know it's just awkward right well and i think that comes back to having a moderator who's really active in um in quickly stopping comments or questions that are more about that individual that, or, or that like the rest of the audience is not going to be interested mm-hmm. in. Um, it's hard. And it's hard to yeah. do that in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any horror stories? Sometimes. Well, I've definitely heard about horror stories where um, sometimes an audience member asks a really rude or, um, offensive question of one of the artists and and in that moment either the moderator or the other artists are unable or unwilling to kind of step in and um, redirect the mm. conversation and so it becomes the, the whole conversation becomes this kind of opposition between the audience, that individual audience member and that individual mm-hmm. artist. And I think that can just put people in a really unfair yeah. position. Um, and, and maybe this is part of the reason people don't like talkbacks and are afraid of them because unlike the scripted play that everybody has just watched, in a talkback, you really don't know where it's going to go. You have all these people. They might have just had an emotional roller coaster. And they want to immediately share that emotion, many of them, um, out loud. But they haven't had a chance really to like digest their experience or think about what they're going to say. And, um, and so that unpredictability combined with the volatility of people's emotions. If you don't have somebody who's really ready to um, guide the conversation, I think it can be just Mm -hmm. unpleasant 
or worse, <laughs> um, for the vulnerable artists yeah. on stage. But I'd like to believe that they can be really good and really mm-hmm. useful. This reminds me of another talk back I went to. I, I think for like the theater institution, sometimes I get this feeling that they just tag the Q&A at the end, you know, without um, mm-hmm. considering like who it is or whatever. Because I just remember I went to a play and I was like, oh, I overheard a crowd being like, oh, there's going to be a, a, a Q&A, a post-discussion afterwards. Everyone's like getting excited. And I'm like, oh, with who? You know, I was kind of wondering. So I like go to, I went up to it and one of the ushers who happens to be the saying that she's also the moderator. And I was like, oh, who is the guest? And then she was like, oh, it's, and I'm just going to make this up. Like, oh, it's the person who revised the text script. You know, I'm just like, wait, what? You know, is just someone like, right. Some they just find any connection, yeah, any connection, and anyone willing to do the mm-hmm. job. And I'm like, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna get up and go. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, yeah, that's a good point. There is another kind of talkback where it's not with the artists, mm-hmm. um, who who created the show, but sometimes I've seen it with like a a leader in the community. Right. So somebody who is whose work it is to um, facilitate difficult conversations or who whose work is around issues of social justice mm-hmm. or, um, you know, uh, health or, yeah. you know, whatever the topic of yeah. the play is. And and that they that the theater brings them in to um, take questions from the audience. And I think that kind of thing can be really good but but you're right the theater needs to make Mm -hmm. it clear yeah because sometimes Um, it just feels like oh this is for our subscribers and then like it's just something to make them feel like they're getting their money's worth for this season or something and i'm like well you know like they're yeah which can be a really valuable thing to do to do yeah theater but like just maybe like adding some thought to it though (laughs) yeah and that goes back to the question of who is it for and, and what it what is the purpose of this? And um, that's not always mm-hmm. clear at the outset. Well, I want to share this um, Twitter post I found. So there's an academic um, scholar, professor. Her name is Eve Tuck. She's mm-hmm. a associate professor of critical race and indigenous studies at the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education, which is at the University of Toronto. And um I saw this tweet from her. Um, I don't know her, but but I'm following on Instagram uh, Tara Branham, who shared this tweet from Eve Tuck, which is about how to facilitate academic Q&A sessions. And I think a lot of this um, advice that she has is directly transferable to theater. And one of the she says a couple things that I think are really smart. One of them is that people don't always bring their best selves to um, Q&A discussions. They can act out their own discomfort um, by um, being, as she says, arrogant, hostile, and self-absorbed. But that the facilitator actually does have the ability and the responsibility to 
make this experience positive and useful. And so one of the things she suggests is um, to give the artists, or in her case, the panelists, a break um, directly after the, the talk. And during that five to 10 minute break, the moderator invites the audience to talk to each other, which I think is so smart because people often just want to talk right after they've seen something. And you can actually redirect that energy by having them turn to the person next to them and um, share their first question that's on their mind, get that out of their system, hear from somebody else, and then you begin your Q&A mm. with the whole room. Um, and that accomplishes a couple of things. One is that they can make sure that what they have to say is really a question um, rather than you know, bragging right. or, or um, just an opinion that's not relevant to anything. Um, and, and that they are getting this kind of preliminary feedback on their question from their neighbor before they share that question with the whole group. So I thought that was really smart. And even though she's talking about academic panels, I think the same thing is could be done with yeah. play talkbacks. I mean, I think often the problem is we we have this idea that talkbacks can be really useful or that audiences want them or that theaters, institutions want to do them, but we put so little time into planning them. And, and they're kind of hastily, at least in my experience, hastily thrown mm-hmm. together and they don't have to be that way. They can be mm-hmm. planned um, in the same way we plan rehearsals or we plan production meetings or we plan, you know, college mm-hmm. classes. Yeah. One of the things I used to do for my job where I created a briefing, like I wrote, like it was like five to seven pages oh, of mm-hmm. just information about the show, the summary, the date, who's the key artist that worked on it, questions to ask, you know, just sort of like could be a lot. Cool. Like I, th- I feel like it was a, probably really annoying for the moderator who we are hiring or whatever to do it. And they're like, I'm, <laughs> I've been doing this for years. But, but it's just something like literally a way to be like, we're all on the same page on this, right? Like, here's the thing. Here's this document that's going to say we're on the same page of what we want out of the conversation. And then, like, talking points and things like that. What were some of the talking points you might put on one of those? Like, what, you know, and I'm trying to see how I could adapt it from for a theater. But let's say, because um, I'm kind of trying to translate this from, like, a TV network to theater. But let's say, like, a theater yeah. wants to know, for this season, like, let's say the, the theme of the season of the show or their um, their class of plays or whatever is theme on love and human connection, you know? And so does the, uh-huh. does the theme, and so the talking point is, like, can we make sure, like, in the conversation with the artists that this – theme is brought up at some point like you know cool that's what i mean like the theater should have some some input in this briefing like what they want to have this co so it feels cohesive i think to like the yeah. audience feeling like oh yeah i've already seen three shows here and it's like wow i'm starting to understand like 
the purpose of all this, you know, like that kind of feeling. I think it's like having an agenda. So that having some kind of yeah. like giving the structure to the discussion, you know, maybe you won't go through all the agenda points, but it's just kind of like making it feel like there's, uh, it's organized. There was some thought into it. Audience feels they were involved in some way and they're part of it. That sounds and good. Just sort of, that sounds really helpful. I think you'd be a good moderator, Sam. <sighs> I know, right? Like... <laughs> When I was making this briefing, <laughs> I was like, man, I could be really good at this, but whatever. I'm asking the great questions here. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, listeners, do you have thoughts? I'm sure, well, from based on what we sent out, this last 24 hours, you guys have some real <laughs> thoughts on this. So, if there's anything we didn't cover, we didn't touch on, feel free to uh, let us know about it on social or by email on our website. Um, yeah yeah we would love we to revisit this um again and also if you're a moderator if you're someone who moderates and would like to be on the show come on because i got some questions too how do i get started just <laughs> <laughs> no, kidding okay so yeah cool should we move on to glistens yeah um okay i'll go first my glisten is I just read about this um, book prize called the Staunch mm. Book Prize. I think they're based out of England. This is a press that, or a publishing house that um, is looking for a thriller. They're, they want um, full book manuscripts that are thrillers in which no woman is beaten, stalked, sexually exploited, raped, wow. or murdered. In other words, they want thrillers with no violence against women. And I just think this is so cool that they, I mean, in my mind, thriller is almost synonymous with a story about women being hmm. attacked in some way. You know, I just think we can do so much better and we can imagine other kinds of stories. And so listeners, if any of you out there have a novel manuscript that's a thriller in which no woman is attacked or the victim of violence you should send cool. it to them What's so i feel like it's been a while i mentioned it on the show um but it's about my wedding and i think i found <laughs> the dress i'm pretty sure you mentioned it on every episode um, i think so you found yes. a dress uh so Ooh, um where on the website uh, online um okay and i'm gonna try it on really soon i know it's like a year ahead but i just want to see just where i'm at emotionally <laughs> physically mentally you know everything and then be like okay what do i need to work on the next eight to 12 months here yeah it's actually it's less than a year now ah! it's gonna be june um yeah and then still working on <laughs> finessing some things and I was like I need I'm the type of person I need as much time as I can have you know I'm not the type of person who's gonna plan a wedding three months ahead I'm gonna plan about give myself 15 to 16 months <laughs> and then I'm like and each detail I just want to like wow. work it out I'm already like assigning people my family what to do and they're like like geez like it's like god calm down we're not even there yet and I'm like in my mind <laughs> 
it's already <laughs> passed and it didn't work out the way I want to. And now wow. we're going to fix it. Oh my God. Oh, and this is, I have another, I have another, um, glisten. So, okay. That's one. This is my second, um, sleep paralysis. Oh God. Holy cow. I What's think that? as I'm discussing about my wedding, that's far in advance. I'm, I guess I'm stressed, but, um, but sleep paralysis is a thing where your your REM sleeping pattern you're not fully finished, so you're like half awake or half, and your whole body does not move. Like you're completely paralyzed. Oh, you wake up but you can't move. Yes, I had oh that God. the other day, and I thought I woke up. Well, my eyes are kind of like opening up, and I'm completely frozen. I'm like, what the hell's happening? I think I hear a voice, a man's voice by our door saying, I want to kill you. <gasps> I know. And I'm like, I can't move. I thought, I'm like, is this a dream? It doesn't, it's not a dream because my eyes are open. My body isn't moving. It takes about a minute and I start moving and I can start speaking again. I look to my fiance. I'm like, there's a man in here that wants to kill us. I like, yeah, he goes like, he jumps out of bed. Oh He's like, God. what the? And he like, he goes, he's like walking to our apartment and is like, Sarah, there's nobody here. What are you talking about? Oh like, I heard God. him. I heard him. And he's just like, there's nobody here. And you freaking woke me up. <laughs> I needed like an hour more sleep. But How long did it last before you could move? I want to say a good minute, two minutes. Like, oh my God, that's terrifying. Which felt like a lifetime. And I told my sister this. I said, I had a sleep paralysis. And then, or like, I think a demon possessed me for like 20 seconds or something. And she was just like, oh my God, I had this too. Two years ago, um, I could hear a woman sobbing. Like a woman, old woman sobbing in the other room and I couldn't move my body and I couldn't um, get up. And then I was like crying in my, like I started to cry in my paralysis. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And it's it is a um, a clinical thing. Like if you are stressed or you took a nap during the day, something that took your sleep pattern off or something, or threw it off. Wow. It is like a, it's a thing that happens to people. Um, but like or I was maybe you just have a ghost in your apartment. That's what I thought. No, but in other cultures, and then I kind of remember my grandma telling me this that you know if you paral if you can't move your body in your sleep that means a demon is sitting on your chest oh, or something God. things like that really creepy like ghost spirit possession whatever in other cultures but um but it is weird that me and my sister in that moment of paralysis we heard a voice or we heard something yeah. you know which is so weird and i think a lot of people i mean i was like reading up on this they have not said said it but it was just weird that me and my sister we thought we heard a something we heard a, a person telling it but she, yeah when i told her my some dude saying i want to kill you like she she was like that's creepy af that's so creepy it is creepy i know i love that your yeah. two glistens are that and your wedding dress <laughs> <laughs> i think there's something there there's they go hand in hand in some way oh my god oh my god but that's my glisten Sorry to scare people, but if anyone out there knows anything about sleep paralysis, uh, I'm open to that too. Please let us know <laughs> if you had that experience. Okay, you should write me, a play about me. it. I think that'd be a really good play. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Sleep. Oh my gosh. Well, when I lived in England, they 
I heard about this phenomenon where it's like people wake up in the middle of the night and they feel this weight on their chest. Um, Mm -hmm. And they often they picture like um, like a big dog or something like a shape of something sitting on their chest, like what your grandma was talking about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It would be a, a cool, scary play to kind of externalize what that is. In the moment, this is not, it was so frightening. I was like, I think I died. I was like, and I'm, oh my, God. my mind, you know, like, you know how people say your consciousness is like the last thing to go or something. And I was like, I think my body's gone. Oh my my brain is about to go too. And I was just like, mine, I was just like screaming. And when I heard that voice of a man, I was like, is this how I go? Like there's some weirdo in our room. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, so. Butters would protect you. Butters? Um, she cares about there being enough food for her. No, she'd totally protect you. If somebody broke in, she'd be yeah. all over them. Listeners, that's Sarah's cat. Yeah, it's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I think we're good. We're good now. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>